I worship you. I'm thankful, God, to you. I'm thankful for who you are, Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for your goodness to us, O oh God. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Lord, that we feel in this room today. I thank you for your spirit, God. There is power in your mighty name, and I'm thankful for it. Jesus, continue to have your way here. I pray, speak to us, Lord. Let us hear your voice. Let us know you and your word, I pray. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. I'm not intentionally going to talk about fathers today, uh, but there will be some scriptures that talk about our Heavenly Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, it says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols... We know that an idol is nothing in the world. Everybody say nothing. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. In other words, it doesn't have any power. It doesn't have any abilities. It's just a statue. It's just a whatever. I really want to talk about lawn mowing for some reason. I don't know why. I have to work my way through that. But I don't know, dads, if, you're, if your lawnmower is an idol, it's nothing. All it does is eat grass. <laughs> Amen. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. Everybody say one. There's none other God but one. The next verse says, For though there be, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. So he's saying, let me hang on, pause for a second. Paul is saying, people call a lot of things gods. And they say that there are gods in heaven, and they say that there are gods in earth. The next verse. But to us. Verse 6. But to us, there is but one God. Everybody say one. But to us, there is but one God. The Father. Now let me try to help somebody real fast here. I don't, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just in the camp of Paul here in Corinth, what he's, what he's sharing. I, I'm not really concerned about how much belief there is in other gods by other people. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it, I don't like it, but it, I'm not going to let the amount of belief in another God affect me. I'm not going to let it deter me. I'm not going to let it 
upset me. Because to me, to us, there is but one God. So even if... Oh, okay. Let me, let, I'm going to try to go, go through this quickly. But just hang with me for a second. There are spirits, plural, in the earth and in the heavens and everywhere. Spirits, plural. Don't get freaked out because I said there's spirits everywhere, okay? That's not, I don't want you getting ahead of me and getting frightened by that. But yes, there are more than one spirit. There are ministering spirits. The scripture says that. Those are good things. And there are evil spirits. The scripture says that. Those are bad things. But there is one God. God is spirit. He is spirit in nature. But even the fact that he's spirit in nature does not equate him with anything else that is spirit. Okay? Just like a king is human, but he reigns over other humans, God is spirit, and he reigns over other spirits. They are subject to him. They didn't all have a vote one day and say, well, we're all here, we're all spirits, who's going to be in charge? God, okay, you can be in charge. No. He started by saying, I'm God and I'm in charge. I think I'm going to make some, some spirits. I'm going to let more of myself duplicate into spirit so that I can, I can do all the things that I want to do. Now, Fallen from that are those spirits that decided to follow Lucifer instead of the Lord. It, it, they, their nature, because of that, became evil. And their actions, because of that, became evil. Their influence is, is not good. But I'm saying all that to say I'm not worried about those things. When I look in the context of there is one God. But to us there is but one God, the Father. Of whom are all things. Everybody say all things. All things are from or of God, the Father. And we... In him. We, everybody say we. That's us. We are in him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things. Brother Timothy, real quickly, I, I want everybody to see this. Brother Matthew opened with this scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. I love, that the, I love the fact that the scripture says this this way because to me, I see holes in arguments about God and his nature that are not correct. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. Hang on, wait, I thought it was always God and the Son. I thought it was always the Father and the Son. What, where do we get this idea of God 
and the Father. Mm -mm. You just got to learn King James English, really, to understand what we're, what we're saying here. Because, and, in, in these verses, when it talks about the nature of God, you can really replace the word and with the word even. So giving thanks to God, even the Father, by Him. By who? The Lord Jesus. Now go back to 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6, if you will, please. There, to us there is but one God, the Father. I would say even the Father. Of whom are all things and we in Him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we by Him. Verse 6. That's where we just read. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Now, 2 Corinthians 6, verse, uh, verse 13. I want you to stay with me because I, I got just a few verses here to read and you're not going to know what I'm talking about when I just read all these things. But I'm talking about the Bible. Somebody say amen. Somebody say he's talking about the Bible. Now we, now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. That little phrase in parentheses there is key for what we're about to talk about. Paul is writing again to Corinth, and he says, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Verse 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And He's still going here. Now, and, 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 this is kind of like, <laughs> I get accused of this in my house sometimes. You, you, you are belaboring the point. We get it. No, I don't think you do. We understand. No, I don't, I don't know that all of us fully understand, and I'm not going to stop until I'm convinced. Either that we all understand or we're no longer interested. Go back again to verse 15. Go back again to verse 14. All of these, the rest of 14, 15, and 16, all that, is Paul trying to explain why be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. These are examples of why we are not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? I, I, uh, in a lot of ways, fellowship means hanging out with. My, my modern vernaculars. To hang out with. To fellowship with. Righteousness 
and unrighteousness. They are not going to have much fellowship. What communion hath light with darkness? They're not going to share much. In fact, you really can't have both at the same time. Light and darkness. You can have various amounts, a little bit of light, but you won't have darkness even if you have a little bit of light. They are mutually exclusive. You either have one or the other. Kind of like righteousness and unrighteousness. Mm, well, can I just be a little bit righteous, elder? Can I have some righteousness? Can, uh, uh, or can I just maybe have a little bit of unrighteousness? I'll be mostly righteous. That's kind of like being mostly light, but a little bit of darkness. Oh, no. The answer is no. Go to verse 15. What concord hath Christ with Belial? That's the Lord Jesus and the devil. And concord is again like harmony. What, what do they have in harmony? Jesus Christ and the devil. Nothing. Wow, you're going extreme. You're going extreme like saying me being unequally yoked with an unbeliever is like how different Jesus is from the devil. I'm not doing anything but reading the Bible, first of all. Okay? But Paul, speaking through the Holy Ghost, says, it can't happen. It can't happen. What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Just, if you are a believer... And all of your friends are unbelievers. You are going to have a difficult time being a believer, remaining a believer. I can remember times. Oh, 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 Lord! I didn't see this coming. So you, you all, I apologize in advance. That's a joke. Everybody, take a deep breath hurt anybody. I remember when I was a teenager, we decided to do this thing called a bring your own friend service to church, a youth service. And boy, it was uh, marketed. You better not even show up if you don't have a friend. And, and we're talking about like outsiders. That was kind of the way it was expressed. This service is going to be for not us, but for our friends. And we did it. It was okay. The Lord helped some people. We still worshiped and we still had preacher and all that. But we, the youth group, were the most uncomfortable ones in the sanctuary because of what all we brought in. Bring your own friend. Your... your <laughs> Your infidel, your unbeliever. Bring your own infidel service. How about we have one of those? <laughs> now, as long, as long as we stay in the large majority, then we can kind of relax. 
We're at ease. We're in charge. We're going to have church, and we're going to make that unbeliever uncomfortable till they get the Holy Ghost. But if you flip the script and you say you're the believer in a super majority of unbelievers, the mindset's not going to change from the majority. We're just going to make that believer uncomfortable until they lose the Holy Ghost. I mean, I'm just saying, that's the, the mindset doesn't change just because this group's majority or this group's majority. Verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Now, Corinth must have had some idolatry, idolatry problems. I'm talking about the city. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the city that the church lived among. Because of the fact that how the Holy Ghost continues to address this idol topic. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Somebody say, I am. You are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I think I was 14, 15 years old. And one of my first non-childhood lessons from my parents began to get taught to me. And, <laughs> okay, let's tell on us, ourselves for a little bit. I had to write sentences, kind of like, right over and over and over and over as a punishment. Well, I don't punishment, as a corrective measure. And my mom, she wrote out a verse and then she skipped a few lines and she wrote another or passage and another passage and said, I want you to copy these. Fill up the whole page with this. And I'm sitting there writing, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body is... I'm, I'm serious. I filled up a whole page. Why did you do that? Because my mom told me to. And I didn't want to find out what was going to happen if I didn't do this. I'd rather just do it and get on with things. My body. Somebody say, my body. Is the temple of the living God. Paul is not trying to just say, separate the church from the world and just go on being happy being the church in the middle of a bad world. No, he's saying the responsibility is with you and with me. I, he, this is the same chapter just a few verses before he said, I'm going to talk to you like my children. You are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, verse 17, wherefore means because of. Because of this, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
You, you, you got to learn the way that the Lord talks to you. The way that he talks to us in his word. When he says something like, I will receive you, that is a key phrase. It's not like an optional, you know, I'm going to eat, and if you want to sit down and eat here with me, you can, or if not, you can go wherever you want to go. It's not an optional thing. Because the implication is, or I won't receive you. If the Lord says, do this, and I will receive you, he means, do this, and I will. Not some little gray area about, well, don't do it, and I'll think about it. (laughs) I'm just getting myself in trouble here more and more I talk today. Because that that is my phrase to my kids when I don't want to give an answer. I'll think about it. The answer is probably already no, but I just don't want to say no yet. Because I don't want to deal with the outcome of the no at this moment. So I'll think about it. The Lord doesn't sit there and say, come out from among them and be ye separate. If you don't, I'll think about it. You're getting me for Father's Day. Okay, here you go. Happy Father's Day. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Verse 18 says, And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons. Now, hang on, stay with me. Let me just make sure we're on the same page. Paul is telling the church that these are the words of the Lord. This is not Paul volunteering himself to be their father. You get the difference? He's saying, the Lord is telling all of us, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I've got one more passage I want to read. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 18. I mentioned this passage a couple of weeks ago. When I talked about the froward generation. Remember that? This verse, the Lord took me back here again. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful. What does it mean to begat? Well, go to, what is John 3.16? His only begotten son. That means to give birth to... And to, to cause to be alive. To cause to be alive. Of the rock that caused you to be alive, you are unmindful. Somehow, you have forgotten. That's what the Lord is saying here. This is the, remember, this is the word to the children of Israel. Somehow, you have forgotten how you got here. Who caused you to be here? I'm not taking the time to do it, but I really wanted to go back and talk about Abraham today because the Bible is the story of God's relationship with his creation. But the early stages of the Bible start with the story of God and his chosen people, Israel. And he started that with Abraham. I will make of thee a great nation, 
And the Bible is the story of that great nation. But he started it with Abraham. So he, okay, I'm trying to hurry. The rock that begat thee, thou art un, unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Everybody say, formed thee. The Lord says, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew thee. I think it was Jeremiah that he told that to. Say not that I am a child. That's what he tells him. When you were in your... I know, I know you because I made you. I formed you. I can't say that to everybody in the, in the group today, but I can say this to my children. I formed you. I made you. You are mine, and I am your father. And that's why you have to pick up those shoes. Let us not be unmindful that God formed us. Verse 19, and this is, this is where the Lord really was impressing this scripture upon me. When the Lord saw it, he abhorred them. That means he hated them with a passion because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. You are, yes, you are my child. But the way you are acting is provoking my other children. My sons and my daughters. Sometimes we have family discussions. Because the things that we're going to say are generic across the board for everybody. Whether you're the 16-year-old or the 7-year-old or anywhere in between. What we're going to say is for all of us. And other times, we have one-on-one -on -one discussions because what I need to say is just for you. You need to hear this. The other one doesn't. The other four don't. This is about you and instruction given to you. Now, we've learned... Uh, we're not... Under, please don't misunderstand. My wife and I know that we are not the perfect parents. We know we're not the perfect family. We don't even like being thought of as the good ones, the good example. But I've learned enough to know when one attitude is affecting another attitude. You don't talk like that because that attitude rubs off on the other ones. And I, I'm not even happy with this one attitude. I definitely don't want to deal with five of these attitudes right now. So you either stop before you cause the infection or it's going to get a lot worse for all of us. This is what the Lord saw right here with the children of Israel. There's some mumbling, some grumbling, some complaining, and there is just some flat-out disobedience taking place in some of my children. I don't like that, but I especially don't like it because it's going to infect. It's going to spill over. And when you start talking like that and your brother hears you, he's going to start talking like that. 
This is the word that the scripture uses, the provoking of his sons and his daughters. It's a whole lot easier for me if we had neighbor kids over and they start acting up, okay, you all just leave. You don't belong here. Go back to where you came from. We're going to get that element out of here. Some of you might need to do that sometimes. I'm just saying. If your house is the hangout, if your house is the spot, maybe just consider why. Is it because anything goes there? Oh, who am I talking to? I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. But if it's because that's where anything goes, you guys have heard me tell stories about my family, my, my teenagers, my childhood, and we want to go to the house where the parents weren't. We'd want to go hang out at the place where they were gone all day and all night and anything goes there. No, if I have to make some order, make some rules, this is the phrase, get the house in order. Let me tell you a story real quick. It seems unrelated, I know. I played baseball a lot when I was a kid. And one particular weekend, we had a tournament and... My parents were traveling. They were gone out, of the, out of, the, uh, of the city, out of town. And they left me with the coach and his son and his whole family. We played a morning game. Then we had a break in the afternoon before the night games. So we go and we play the morning game. We go back to my coach's house. And we're just hanging out, waiting for the night game. Well, my friend, who was on my team, had a bow and arrow... He had a field across from his house where he had haystacks and he shot the bow and arrow out there. I thought that sounds like a fun way to spend time between baseball games. So he's just giving me some instruction. We weren't very smart. I think I was 10. Um, I'm sitting on the couch like this, watching him. This is how, Caleb, this is how you hold it. I say we weren't very smart. I was just sitting there. Not smart. But he, he literally loads the bow. Pulls the air. Now he's just aiming up at the, at the ceiling. But he's, he's, got it, he's just showing me. When we get out there, this is how you hold it. This is how you shoot it. Now, the, the next probably 10 seconds were like slow motion in my head because I saw what was about to happen before it happened. He had a little brother, toddler age. And I saw it was a Batman toy on the floor, a little plastic, like G.I. Joe size, on the floor. So I'm watching him pull the arrow back. That Batman toy catches my eye. And then his toddler brother stumbling across the room catches my eye. He trips over the toy, falls into his brother, causes the brother, instead of aiming at the ceiling, to aim directly at me, and releases and in slow motion, the arrow came. It was about two inches from my eye, hit me right here in the head, bounced off of the head, popped a basketball, and then I fall back on the couch. The next thing I hear is my coach saying to his wife across the room, get my keys and my wallet, we're going to the hospital. And then I think the next thing I remember is, a bright light and a blue cloth and some medical tools 
And I'm just in and out, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? Here's why I tell you that story. What happens from house to house is the responsibility of the one in charge of the house. I can't imagine if, if, if I was my parents and if, I, if that happened to one of my children and we're out of town, we're just going to look at each other with a ghost stare. Like, what has just happened? Right? Everything's fine. You get one of those calls. Don't worry. You answer the phone and the first thing somebody says is, everything's all right. No, it's not or you wouldn't be talking like that. Don't worry. Everything's fine. But Caleb's in the hospital getting stitches in his head. He can still wiggle his toes. Don't worry. Now, it, it, we understand this in, in our houses, right? If I let my kids go over to the maze house and they come back with a broken bone, well, I'm just teasing. But we understand in our houses, we're responsible for what takes place there. I'm asking you, to zoom out of that picture and look at the Lord's house and imagine the Lord saying what takes place among my children is my responsibility and therefore I take my responsibilities seriously and when I see something that I'm not okay with I've got to act I've got to respond Especially when I see that attitude starting to become this attitude. Those words becoming these words. Again, it's easier when it's outside the house and we just get to say, no, we don't, that's them, this is us. They can talk to their parents like that, you're not talking to your parents like that. They can talk to their siblings like that, you're not talking to yours like that. We can set those rules easy when we see outside influences. But when the Lord looks in the house and says, Hang on, somebody in this house started that. That attitude came from inside. The, the Bible says that judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Not judgment starts out with the worst of the worst. No, it starts in the house of the Lord. Now that can either scare you or that can challenge you. It's going to start here. It's going to start here. The Lord is... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just got this visual of somebody saying, okay, it's starting here. I'm out of here. See ya. No, it starts here. But it's going to go from here, beyond, into the world. And if the judgment of the Lord starts in the house of the Lord, we know it's only going to do what it needs to do here before it gets out there. You can stand with me. I'm almost done.
where I was reading there, Deuteronomy 32. Verse 20, it says, He said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom there is no faith. If, you are, if you're wondering, okay, how do I make sure I'm not the bad kid? How do I make sure that when dad gets mad at somebody, it's not going to be me? <laughs> I would love to just take some time and examine the family elements in this room and get, really get to know you all, but we won't do that today. <laughs> but if there were two of you, two siblings, likely one of you was the one that got in trouble often and the other one wasn't. Am I right? I'm one of two. I'm speaking from experience. And I was the younger one. And I was the one that got away with stuff. I remember one time I provoked my brother. He was in the swimming pool. I had provoked him in the swimming pool, made him angry. And I got out of the swimming pool because he's three years old and I thought I can provoke him but I better do it from a safe distance. And he was mad. And I was standing up by the house and he was mad. I'm standing in front of the windows to the living room and he was mad and he grabbed a ball filled with water so it's heavy. Foam, you know, those. And he just threw it at me because he was mad. All I, I had a safe distance. All I did was the window behind me broke. All I'll say is guess who got in trouble? The one that threw, not the one that provoked. The Lord is, He desires to be our Father. Hear me, church. He desires to be our Father, our Heavenly Father. And He knows what you need. He knows what I need, the way we need it. He knows when instruction is needed. He knows when love is needed. He knows when heavy instruction is needed. And He's got the ability to bring that, to bring the love, the correction, whatever is needed. But He can only do that if I'm willing to receive it, if I'm willing to heed it. He told Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless the ones that bless you, curse the ones that curse you. But I'm going to make of you the great nation. We have an invitation today. An invitation to be a part of the nation God started with Abraham. Because we know that wasn't just an, a natural thing. It started naturally with the seed of Abraham. But then the promise of Abraham grew to everyone. To all. For as many as are afar off That's who the promise is to. So you and I, not by natural, but by spiritual, say, I am a seed of Abraham.
heir according to the promise. That's the invitation that the Lord gives us. But he's also saying, I can be the father to you. The father that you need. Where did this, this saying come from? I think it was, I don't remember, one of those superhero things. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. Or one of, back from one of those, right? That was for the youth class that's in here today. God is not the father that I deserve. But he is the father that I need. He's the father that can heal. He's the father that can lead. He's the father that can make whole. Would you close your eyes with me? I'd like you to just talk to the Lord for a moment. Let him talk back to you. Lord, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for being my heavenly father. God, I thank you for being the one that cares about me. The one that knows me, Lord Jesus. God, even among the body here, I'm thankful for them, Lord, but I know that I need you. I need you as my Father. I need you as my Savior. I need you as my Keeper, Lord Jesus. I need your wisdom. I need your instruction. I'm opening this altar right now. I'm going to ask you to find a place to pray. I feel that the Lord wants to speak some things to us today. He wants to talk to us as His children. Maybe it's, maybe it's you're not used to asking permission for things. But I promise you, if you would approach the Lord that way and say, Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Lord, guide me. God, I surrender this to you. I submit this to you. This area of my life that I need wisdom with. This area that I desire instruction with. God, I want you to be my heavenly father. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be the one that brings correction or would bring understanding. Lord Jesus, come on, would you pray to the Lord today? Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord speak to you. Listen for His voice. Listen for His instruction. God, I don't know how to do all of these things, but you do. God, and you can give me wisdom. You can order my steps, Lord Jesus. You can direct and guide and lead me throughout every moment of every day. You will be there beside me, Lord Jesus.
Come on, I believe some of you, the Lord's talking to you about influences in your life. And He wants you to know that influence may not be the best for you. That person may not be the best influence in your life. The things that you're observing and seeing, they may not be the one that I want you to hear from. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me instruction. Lord, I pray it today. encouraging you not forget the one that formed you not forget the father that created us I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have anything if not for the Lord Lord I don't want to forsake you God I don't want to forget you I don't want to forget the work that you've done in my life sense or statement but as the church together as the church let us consider that up in that room right there is a group of children that group of children lives in a world that would not want them to know the truth the, the effects of this world the God of this world would try everything to change what is right and what they should know. I promise you, it's just accelerating as time goes on. Why? Because more of those voices, more of those ungodly voices are being given 
the ability not only to just speak and influence, but to set the course of our cities, our states, our nation, our, those voices. The scripture tells us that that would happen. It would, ungodliness would increase. Unrighteousness would increase. And it's happening more and more and more. And the, if for no other reason, you've got yourself, that's enough reason. But if for no other reason than for the generations that are following and being thrust into a world of more and more unrighteousness, we ought to be seeking the Lord. We ought to be seeking righteousness and then promoting it, living it, exemplifying it. Amen? Where are the examples? Where are the godly examples that that generation needs to see? They're not just in the Bible. You understand? They need to see what a 2020 Christian looks like. They need to see what a 2023 godly person looks like. Because I don't, I mean, especially at their age, maybe in some ways they've got a, an advantage because of the childlike faith, but they don't get to say, well, what did so-and-so in the Bible allow to be watched on YouTube? What did they allow you know, into their house? Or how did their friends talk around them? And how did they respond? They didn't get to see these things in the Scripture. They're looking to you and to me for that. Amen? As we draw closer to the Lord, they get to see more and more righteousness. What is right? I told you, I'm not just trying to make that an emotional plea to you. I'm just stating the facts to us. That if you ever need a reason, look at that generation. And then look at what they have to look to. Amen? Can we pray together? Lord, I pray for wisdom upon your people right now. God, I pray for encouragement right now. God, I pray for direction in the name of Jesus. I pray impart wisdom to these men and these women, Lord Jesus. I pray let your spirit guide us and lead us, Father. I pray let the wisdom of God prevail in our minds and in our thinking, Lord. Let righteousness prevail in our homes, I pray. Let the light of God shine. Let the light of truth shine through us, Lord. Let it shine through us, O oh God, into this world. You are the light, God, and you put that spirit inside of us. I pray let it work. Let it operate through us in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brothers and my sisters here today, Lord. I pray your spirit upon them, God. I pray the holiness of your spirit upon them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hi. 
Would you just join me in praying for the, the direction of this congregation here for a moment? Come on, we're going into unforeseen times, unknown times. We need the leading of the Lord. We need the wisdom of the Lord. Only He knows what's ahead. And He knows the congregation that He would allow, that He would desire to be established. God, we seek You for wisdom. God, we seek You for direction. We seek You for a pure influence, Lord Jesus. We desire You, O oh God. You're leading in all areas, Lord Jesus. You're setting up, God, in all areas. I pray it today, God. I pray for our oversight, Lord Jesus. I pray for our leadership, Lord God. I pray the wisdom of God into these minds. God, I pray it. Your voice, let it be heard in our ears. Your voice, let it be heard into our spirits, I pray. For your wisdom, your direction, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Let us be the church, God, that this city needs. Let us be the congregation, Lord, that this area needs for a godly influence, for a holy influence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, let it be according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I appreciate you all, love you all. Thank you for being here. God bless you and greet one another. And you can make your way over and grab a donut. Amen. You're dismissed.